Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health. Proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Good evening, Stu. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very well. I'm very well. I've been enjoying the nice uh, warm weather. Uh, uh, caveated apart from when it comes to sleeping at night, but during the day, it's been very pleasant. What about yourself? Yeah, see, I, I've got a, I've got an, uh, a hate relationship with the weather at the moment. So, as you know, I love a thunderstorm. I do love a thunderstorm. It's not a lie. Most people that know me know I love a thunderstorm, but there's an ongoing joke and has been for many years, is that wherever I go, the thunderstorm does not. So, obviously, I travelled from up north down for the weekend to spend some time with my daughter whilst i was down there my girlfriend's messaging me going look at these thunderstorms sending me pictures of lit up skies and booming thunder and i just i don't get it and i can guarantee you right now i'm up here at some point (laughs) thunderstorms are gonna spread themselves across the south of the country just to piss me off and and don't worry because i'll I'll, i'll absolutely tell you about it when it happens of course you will. I'll get videos from you. I'll get fucked from both angles. <laughs> <laughs> I promised you I'd stop sending those kind of videos. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, other than that, enjoying the sunshine. Um, in the process of moving stuff at the moment as well. So lots going on. Lots of travelling. Other than that, pretty good. Good, good. Good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if anything eventful has been going on in my life. No, no, not really. I'm uh, still chipping away at the old diet and trying to be, uh, you know, marginal diet. Stop calling it a diet. Trying to be marginally more healthy as my uh, getting fit by originally 40, now 41. Um, That is fast approaching in a few months time. So uh, doing all I can between now and then. It's working though. I mean, you can see the difference, which is good. Yeah, I've gained a couple of inches. I mean, I've lost a couple of inches off my, uh, off my waist. Yes. <laughs> you and your emergency oh, yeah. inch, mate. Hey, let's not talk about my emergency inch. Because <laughs> oh, uh, no, nobody will have a clue what we're waffling on about there, so it makes it even better. No, well, we, well I think we said it in one of our other episodes, and a couple of people said, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I explained yeah. it, it was like, you dirty fuckers. Yeah. yeah, go and Google it. Go and Google it. <laughs> not, not on a company device whatever you do no do it no I advocate for that there you go. go for it wait for your boss to be in the room and just go hey Jacob somebody said something to me the other day I'm just going to google it quickly yeah. brilliant brilliant so no weighed myself this morning I'm officially two stone down now that is pretty good I mean yeah. what? that's not you've not even really been doing that for this long no this no no the, well I've been you know well you know probably over the last month six weeks i've been doing intermittent fasting again um and uh calorie counting you know and i'm i I think 
I've not been, well, you know, I've not been hitting the weights. So I've been hitting the gym three, four times a week, but I've been focusing purely on cardio, um, doing an hour on the treadmill at a time just to try and trim myself down. And then probably in another couple of weeks time, I'll switch to a bit more bulking. So I'll put my calorie limit back up again to either what my BMR was or just above it, but focusing primarily on protein intake just to, uh, and hit the weights again and start trying to build some some nice lean muscle rather than the, the layer of flab I had everywhere all over my body. You can go spend some time with arms in the gym, mate. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet yeah. you missed him. Oh, absolutely. 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 I could learn a few posing routines from him, couldn't I? Honestly, it's like the it is the most stereotypical person you'll find in a gym ever that forgot leg day existed. <laughs> I've been overcompensating on leg day recently, so my legs are bigger than the rest of me. <laughs> I'm trying to liken you to something there, but I can't. It's like a really fucked up action figure from the eighties. Yes, yeah, much, absolutely. Too much plastic on the bottom half. Yeah, the only thing I could think of that came to mind then was uh, I think it's Toy Story, where um, they go into Sid's room and there's the uh, there's the pair of Barbie legs that have been attached to the fishing pole. Yes. Yep. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> That's about as good as I've got. If anybody's got any better suggestions, please let us know. <laughs> oh dear. Bless you. Brilliant. Good work, though. What well mate. Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling feeling a lot better for it. I've got to say, it's it's amazing how. And I I don't want to preach, but you know anybody that can can take control like that and actually you know shave off even a few pounds, it just makes a massive difference to your well-being. You're not carrying all that extra weight around with you. You know, I, sleep's improved. Uh, my overall mental clarity and focus has improved. I just, you know, anybody that can uh, can do anything to help turn their life around, I think it's a, it's a real positive step. And I, and I look back Good. now to where I was six months ago, um, you know, reflecting now, it really feels like I was hanging in there. Whereas, yeah, now I feel a lot better. Good. Well, I've noticed it. Like I said, I have definitely noticed it. So, well done. Thank you. Keep it going. You. I will. I will do indeed. I will do indeed. Cool. Right. So, I'm um, gonna uh, gonna do a little. Well, I say it's something a little bit different. It's not different, right? Because we're still talking about mental well being. But I thought it'd be really good to maybe put a few specials together for shows to to focus on uh, certain career types and look at how, uh, you know, mental health impacts uh, individuals that work within those um, those areas. So things like, you know, the police service, the fire brigade, maybe in teaching, working in the NHS. Um, and, and today's focus, I thought we'd have a look at the armed forces. Good shout. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get stuck in, shall we? Well, as I like to uh, always say, because you're the stats man, if anyone remembers the 90s classic, The Scat Man, um, I almost wanted to sing The Stat Man to you because you generally tend to find them well. But I, A, I'm not singing, and B, I'm pretty certain that anyone that knows that song is going to be able to put that in their head anyway. Um, but what have you found? So if you're going to start talking about songs, don't make me bring up the biscuit tin of love, because I, I really will. Moving on. Yeah, let's just leave that one hanging for people as well. Right, so... Yeah. Um, I think there's there's a few charities out there that are especially uh, akin to dealing with um, 
stress for the armed forces and uh, we'll dip into some of those in a bit so there was a we'll start off with a, a paper that was published um again a few years old covid slows everything down for this as we as we found out so this was published in 2019 by a, a charity called combat stress um and they're a uh mental health charity that uh look to seek to support veterans um and their biggest headline stat was there uh looking at the mental health profile for veterans that were actually seeking help from them 82 percent of those met the criteria for ptsd 74 percent met the criteria for anger management and 72 percent with common mental health difficulties such as anxiety and depression and 43 percent for alcohol dependency wow so they're the same sort of things you'd expect generally for mental health, but you'd find them in much sort of bigger, more um, visible numbers for the armed forces. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With with PTSD for a smaller being, group of people, yeah. being being clearly the big uh, the big one. So, um, I mean, but that's only that's only looking at a demographic for people that have actually asked for help. So, um, I then did a little bit further research. So there was a um, there was a, a study done by the British Medical Journal. Um, where they actually examined health records of uh, serving personnel. Um, and they looked at the health records of two and a half thousand uh, people. And they found that 38% of them had records relating to mental illness in their personnel files. Oh, wow. Well, and I wonder, because I guess this is this is army personnel, isn't it? So this is... Um everybody so it's not yeah so this this could be army this could be uh air force it could be navy but i meant in term of gender sorry oh right um, sorry yes 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 yeah it's not not specific. so it's the whole yeah so so and i guess i don't know if they're about but it might be worth us looking into it and then finding the stat at some point but is the the proportion of those people that are men versus the mm. proportion that women it doesn't matter i mean it's not a bit curiosity is to see how where the struggles kind of swing into which direction and then kind of what those causes are i mean it's not really something for us to to necessarily start investigating it's not a project but in, in terms of i'm sure somebody's probably doing that but it would probably help in understanding where play what to target you know for medical medical people to target so i'd be interested in seeing that in fact that's a that's a task for me after this i'm going to go down a rabbit hole somewhere excellent as I like to. I- I mean, certainly the, you know, when I was, I was researching this, I found that the biggest predominant one was, was PTSD. And I think that's probably to be expected based on what our, you know, serving personnel and our veterans go through. Um, Yeah. So to PTSD being the absolute, the absolute one that stands out. Um, So I think, like I say, there's a number of charities that are set out to support, um, the, the biggest one well there's there's three main ones right so i'm sure there's others and people will probably write in and tell us about ones that they've had they've had help from and please do because i think that's great because we can we can add that to our our list uh you know when we're signposting people that contact us so um you've got uh combat stress um which i've mentioned already so they provide support for veterans and family members um so they've got 24 7 helplines on their website um we'll we'll stick a link in the show notes as usual uh, and they've also got uh, self-help sections with some really good information for uh, for veterans or family members that are suffering. Um, you've got 
Help for Heroes, which is probably the most well-known one. Uh, that was set up in 2007. One of their patrons is uh, Ross Kemp. Um, and they are, uh, when they were set up in 2007, it was when uh, young men and women were returning from wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, both, you know, with mental illnesses, but also horrific uh, injuries as well. So um, the the charity was set up because the the general feeling was the care that was waiting for them when they came back after their tours just wasn't good enough. So um, it was set up by Brian Parry and Emma Parry, who are both OBEs now, uh, and a small group of people. Um, and they give the veterans and their families support as well. Um, and just a little snippet from them. So... So far to date, I mean, this is obviously an ever-changing number, but when I researched it, so far to date, they've changed the lives of more than 27,000 people since being created in 2007. So I think that's quite a, a significant number. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the other one that's worth mentioning, it's it's a bit of a newer charity. So uh, it's a charity called Care After Combat. Um, and that was co-founded by uh, Jim Davidson, you know, from famous being a comedian, Generation Game and uh, Big Break, for those of you who know him. Um, and that's su to support veterans that end up becoming offenders. Uh, so they work with multiple prisons within the UK. Um, and some of the stuff they do is they provide one-to-one -one mentorship. Um, they provide access to support over the phone and by letter, which I kind of looked at. I thought, letter? That's a bit strange. But then I thought, actually, if you're incarcerated, you're not going to have the ability to oh, yeah. to email or to text are you you know you're kind of limited to to phone or letter um and their their primary aim is to look at reducing uh reoffending rates and provide help for veterans that need reintegration into society following their release from prison that is good because it's a slightly different take on it isn't it they've all, all got very different functions but the same so if you look at and I, you, you put, put it up on the first one that you said um is that they provide help for families and, I, and that's the flip side of it isn't it we look at mental health for armed forces but actually there's a much bigger effect sort of much like any mental mental illness or mental health issue is is that you've got your family members as well and that i wonder how different is for example if you've got a family member that's suffering from PTSD, how does that affect you if you're a wife, mm -hmm. brother, mother, father, so on, so on? You just don't know. Because let's be honest, they these are members of the community that face really unique risks and challenges to their mental health. It's a very different type of mental health challenge compared yeah. to probably a normal death. That's not to say it's any it's any better any worse or any better. It's just it's it's different, it's unique. You know, especially when you think they've got longer periods of time away from home, um, you know, being away from family, so it affects both them and their family during their service period. The high stressful situations, the trauma they experience, you know, there's a lot. And, and then you've got, if you think about it, if you've been in the army for what, you know, God knows how long on a tour, and you then come back and have to adjust to civilian life. Yeah. You then got yet another challenge that you've then got to overcome because you're changing the way that your day is compared to how it was when you were serving in 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 the army there's a lot of things that people need to to kind of look at and think about when it comes to dealing with people that have got mental from being within the armed services 
Totally agree, and I and I don't think as a as a... normal stuff though. I guess as well. I mean, you've got things like depression, anxiety. You know, um, they're all going to be things as well. But they're probably going to be things on top of, you know, adjustment disorders and post traumatic stress. So, and then like you said earlier as well, you've got the alcohol misuse as well. Absolutely. So, when I think looking at um, there was a there was a stat that talked about um, the the interlinking of it. So. Um, and it was the combat stress one. So when they were looking at the uh, their responses, so 32% of the help-seeking veterans um, experienced what they call comorbid difficulties. So that's where it could be, you know, anger issues as well as PTSD, as well as alcoholism. So they all kind of linked together. Mm. Um, and, I, and I guess, you know, probably... To a degree, the PTSD is the starting point and people will then fall into alcoholism as a, as a way of, uh, you know, almost drinking to forget or, you know, looking for that escape from the, what they're experiencing with their with their PTSD. Yeah, because I guess it's probably quite a bit of a, you know, a lot of people will look at those that have joined the army and go, well, you joined the army, you're strong, you're powerful, you know, you've got, you know, you're, you're, you've gone into this because you know what you were getting into and all that. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's not the case. Mm. You know, your, your your brain, your mental health is a really, really fragile thing. No matter what profession you're in or what kind of mental state you've got when you go into these situations, and I think people don't just because it's the army and you go, well, you know what the army is like and you know what you're going to get into. I guess until you're there, no, you don't. So you don't really know how your body's going to react to it. Um, so we see it as these are strong, empowered, you know, capable people that don't have mental health problems. Well, actually, they do. You know, so. It's got to be considered. It's got to be addressed. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so I just while you were while we were talking there, I just looked up what the split was between men and women, and actually, uh, in the British Medical Journal, it's it's women that suffer more. Um, so forty four percent of women and thirty seven and a half percent of men. And it's a, it is it's a it's it is interesting to understand that because mm-hmm. that's where that's where the real questions start getting asked is like, why, what's the difference? And, and I guess for women, it, it's probably, it's a lot of a gender equality in there. I would have thought in certain circumstances due to people, you know, the way that people view the army and how it's been predominantly men over the so many years, um, you know, and, and for men flip side as well, there's probably an expectation, I, th- I think, and I'm not saying it would happen, but I wonder how much there is, a little bit of camaraderie or a little bit of one-upmanship for men against women is trying to prove their masculinity a lot of the time as well. So there's a load of things that go on. And then you've got women trying to prove their worth against men's ability. So that's not, you've not even got into the actual job at this point and the early stages Mm. of it, if you've got the gender wars, essentially, I think that's got better. That's definitely got better. I mean, there's a very little, uh, well, from my experience and from people I talk to, there's very little, you know, argument around women being in the army now and who is a place for effectively um so i don't see it as being much of a problem but i still think that that's 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 people are considering that when they're joining the army and then obviously you've got sexuality as well you know gay lesbian transgender any of those that join the army as well at the same time is you're looking at that being another factor of mental health so it's it's like a snowball of ever ongoing issues isn't it um, and I guess the other the other thing to consider, and we we've spoken about it previously, it's probably no different in an, in the uh, armed forces. Is men don't talk. 
exactly. Yep. Yeah, we're less likely to discuss about it. And then you go back to that figure and you go, well, it, would it be higher again if we if men were more likely to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and I don't think as a, as a, well, it's a, it's government, isn't it? Uh, to a degree, you know, they, they don't do enough to support our veterans. They don't do enough to support people coming out of the armed forces and, and reintegration back into society. No, no. And the closest you've got, like you say, is, is, is things like the um, care after combat, yep. I guess, or is it, no, sorry, combat stress. Is it combat yep. stress? Sorry, you know that that is run in partnership with the Ministry of Defence. You know that's the closest you're going to get. But being running in partnership with the Ministry of Defence isn't getting it. Still isn't getting the focus it needs from the higher government focus. And you know, again, I'm a fear of getting on my soapbox here, right? But you know, yeah. these are these are all charities that are funded by donations from organizations or the general public this isn't government-led initiative they you know a bit like some of the mental health services that we've got in the uk that are charity funded by people like mind you know that's not government money that's that's you know referral to third parties that are run by volunteers ultimately yeah and you look at someone like the armed forces who have gone out to fight and put their lives on the line for that government yep you know, you go. Thanks for thanks for doing that, but actually, we're not going to do anything for you, or do little for you, yeah. or not so, do enough. However you look at it. So it's a bit like so. The Royal British Legion uh, did a paper that I was reading, and they said that uh, they estimate that there's approximately six thousand homeless veterans in the UK at the moment. I, and I can't get. I genuinely can't get my head around that. And I'm I'm probably going to upset some people by what I'm going to say now but I don't mean it in any disrespectful or any detrimental tone towards anybody else but you struggle a little bit when you look at the multiple hotels or locations in the UK that are being stood up at the moment to house um, refugees or um, people struggling from a war-torn country which again and this is why I'm saying no disrespectful because it's utterly needed yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Can't, can't leave people on the streets. It's not certainly. Not, but you look at it and you go, but you've had, you've got this quantity of people that are homeless. Where's your help for those? Where's that 6,000 people? That's, a, that's, I mean, I don't know how many people have come across, you know, seeking asylum in the last X amount of years, but I'm probably certain it's damn sight more than 6,000. Oh, it is. It is. But as you say, right. So I think it's needed for them and I totally understand the rationale of why, but. It's almost that if you can do it for them, why can't you do it for our own veterans? Exactly. That's it. And and again, it's they're both necessary. And that's the, the bit that's about it. So so I'm not I'm not even questioning what they're doing for immigration. I'm questioning what they're doing for asylum seekers. I'm questioning why they aren't replicating it. They managed to do it during COVID. UK you know, citizens. They, they, during COVID, exactly. they scooped yeah. everybody up off the streets and put them up in hotels. So, and I and I get it, right? They're going to sit down the whole race, yeah. But we need to combat homelessness, not to put a sticky plaster on it. Blah blah blah. I get that. I understand it. So, where's the initiatives then? So, where yeah. are the better initiatives? You're, again, you're focusing on charities again. You're expecting people to donate and support homeless charities. Well, actually, put your hand in your pocket and and 
develop something that's going to be better for our homeless because it affects everybody the homeless it affects those on the streets but it also affects those people that are around the streets because it's it's uncomfortable to see people living like that Mm. you know it's 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 horrible to see it in a country that you consider to be first world you know big win power and and you sit there going how is this happening totally agree Totally agree with you. That it's uh, there. There was a guy Especially who, um, the cause. yeah, there, there was a there was a guy who phoned in on the radio the other day. I can't remember which show it was I was listening to, but he was a, he was a, he was a veteran, which kind of gave me the the, the idea for for doing these specials really because it, it kind of really hit home to me. So, guy was a veteran. He came out of the army and uh, he ended he he fell into drugs, you know, so got addicted to drugs, was sleeping homeless. He then ended up. Um, getting incarcerated, right? Because he was, he was stealing to feed his habit. And uh, whilst in prison, which, you know, again, we know is, can be quite a drug fueled environment. Um, he, he was able to kick his habit, right? So he came out and he'd been clean for several months, right? Now he was then placed into a hostel because he was homeless and and his story he was giving on the radio was that how bad that hostel was for drugs and alcohol and abuse and it was just like everywhere you turned there was people getting high there was people sticking needles in themselves getting drunk and yeah. spewing their guts up everywhere it was just an absolute toxic environment and to be you know even putting the veteran piece aside for somebody that's that's managed to turn their life around whilst being in prison and get themselves clean to then be moved into that environment, it's kind of like red rag to a ball scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he I'm said he would rather, it. yeah, he would rather sleep on the streets and risk being attacked and, and everything that goes with it than be in that environment where, you know, there's a risk of him falling back into drugs. Which is commendable, right, for him because... Sometimes mm. it's just easier to fall back into it, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, I say I say easier. I don't mean that in any detrimental way. I just mean it in a kind of like, well, like if 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 it's put in front of you and you have been an addict, then it's tough to go no. So for him to be able to go, I'd rather do this. I mean, that's you know, but not everyone's going to be like that. Not that is not what's going to happen for everybody, and some people are going to fall back into the trap. Yeah, some people don't have that. You know, don't have the ability to ability is the wrong word but you know they don't it's more of a struggle for some people to say no than others that have got more of a strong will that can you know define it and it's no different to other stuff we've spoken about you know i'm not going to sit here and preach you know i'm i'm absolutely a car crash when it comes to stuff like that as i've said previously you know um <laughs> and it's it's a difficult situation um so so interestingly the government have said they're going to do something about this so there was a there was a uh a story in, I think it was in the Guardian, um, back in December last year, that government ministers had pledged to end military veterans sleeping rough in 2023. So here we are, seven months into 2023. Let's see how that's going. So, uh, yeah. and they they announced that um, at the time, uh, 8.8 million pounds would be made available to fund hundreds of supported housing places. Um, that had previously faced closure that would help get veterans off the streets. Um, so it will be interesting to see. We'll have to do maybe a bit of a follow-up at the end of this year and see if the numbers look any different. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how it affects it. 
Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, that's that's me out of stats, you know, and I I I think my my kind of closing statement is, you know, I absolutely applaud anybody that, you know, has gone out and, and fought for our country and serves in the armed forces. I think you're doing a fantastic service. Um and thank you. Um I think, you know, as a as a as a government, as a country, we need to do some more to support those people as they come out of uh, come out of their time in the forces and on on the back of the three main <clears throat> charities that you mentioned there is obviously another one which is uh, veterans gateway okay as well uh i'll won't be sure we post this because there's, there's actually a link in there about how to it's mental health support for families of veterans so this is what we sounded about families being affected that understanding if uh, a member of your family needs mental health support um and they just picked out a couple i'll just read a few of them but you can things like isolate um, themselves from family and friends become reclusive and avoid noisy you know noisy crowds or shopping um, heavy drinking you know aggressive uh, towards a spouse angry irritable bad tempered having nightmares or insomnia uh, or working excessive to avoid issues so i think some of this is really good it gives you some ideas and it, and it also talks about how you could support them you know by telling them you know, you're not on your own start recognizing the signs talk to them so we'll, we'll put a link in because this is really good if anybody, if anybody is um, unsure, if they've got somebody who's in the armed, armed forces and they can identify any of this, this is great. It really is a good website. Brilliant. Well, uh, we'll add a link to the show that notes. That was me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, that was me. Just thought it was really, really good. Just kind of stumbled across it. Brilliant. It's a very simple website as well, which is good because that's what you want, isn't it? It is definitely. Definitely. Um, and some of these that I've looked at, I think we could learn from and, you know, in terms of tweaking our websites a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Always good to I was going to say the competition. It's not the competition because we all work closely together. But look at what other charities are doing and what we can uh, learn from best practice. Our colleagues. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Cool. OK. Um, so that was a little bit shorter and sweeter than normal. But I say it was more. You know, we, we'd originally planned to do an episode that encompassed all of the different, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Disciplines, demographics, careers, careers. There we go. Use that careers, one. Yeah. Careers out <clears> there. <throat> but I think, you know, we felt that trying to squeeze all of those into one episode was the wrong thing to do. We wanted to give them all the time and attention that they needed when we were talking about it. So, um, yeah. Okay, right. So let's uh, let's let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about if there's anything good you've seen over the last few weeks that you want to uh, I want to share. I, and I want to just caveat that with movies and TV shows, not anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know. What have I watched? What have I watched recently? I don't. Well, <clears throat> what I have been doing recently, I haven't seen anything new. Uh, not that I know of, anyway. Um. Not that I can remember. Other than I think I mentioned Inside Man last time, um, is I've been re-watching Doctor Who, like the newer Doctor Who's since sort of Christopher Eggers and David Tennant. I'm now on Matt Smith at the moment because obviously we've got end of this year we've got David Tennant coming back as the Doctor, which is great. I'm quite a fan of that. So you can you can literally slag me off because of the Star Trek comment I made to you, but I love a bit of Doctor Who. That's my yeah. sci-fi vice. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So that's pretty good. Um, and again, I'll bang on about it. If anyone's not watched it, watch it. Lucifer on Netflix. Brilliant. Just got to watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. But that is literally all I've watched. What about you? Uh, so 
I've watched the latest season of Black Mirror. Um, nice. Just brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, you know, Charlie Brooker's uh, view of the world is right up my street. And uh, for anybody that hasn't watched Black Mirror, they're fantastic. So they're, they're a bit kind of twisted alternative reality type things not sci-fi really there's a couple that are but but majority they aren't they're like real life but it's like in an alternate universe timeline and stuff that goes on each episode is a completely condensed individual story so you haven't got to worry about uh you know one episode leading into another you can literally just pick it up and drop it whenever you like um that was good and the other one last night i sat and watched was the uh the michael j fox film on apple tv called still um and it it just it's him narrating it and being interviewed and he's talking about his life in film you know how he got to where he is now the trials and tribulations he's had with uh, with his disease um yeah it's a, it's a really really good watch you know really really recommended for anybody that's a fan of his films um and you've got to take your hat off to the guy how he still keeps going based faced with all the adversity that he goes through you know i'm a fan of michael j fox and i did not know that existed so that's on the list yeah, that's no, really, really good. It's, you know, it, if you've, have you ever read his uh, autobiography? No. Because it takes a lot from that. So, you know, it's basically him telling the story of his life, which is what his autobiography does, but it's in his own words. Um, and he talks a bit about, you know, how difficult it's been for him to even just narrate this film because, you know, because of the, the condition he's got and how his brain works, it's so hard to just, fluently get speech out and read lines so that they can be recorded and stuff it's uh yeah hmm. i look forward to watching that then that sounds pretty that sounds pretty good yeah yeah very good very good really enjoyed it uh okay so moving on then dad joke time <laughs> what have you got okay i got i got one i told you this yesterday so you hopefully you'll still laugh at it but it is good so little johnny sitting in school Teacher turns around and says, we're going to learn about multisyllables today. So she turns to the class and says to everybody, does anybody know an example of a multisyllable? And little Johnny's hand straight up. I do, miss. And she like, rolls her eyes, but goes, go on, Johnny. What is it? Yes. Masturbate. She looks at him, she goes, well done, Johnny. Sort of sweating a little bit at his response. Says, that's a bit of a mouthful. She went, no, Miss Hall, don't be so silly. That's a blowjob. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like God. that, and I've got one one slightly less um, difficult one. But there, I just saw a meme the other day, and it's this man talking to his wife, and he goes, "Do you want children?" She goes, "No." He goes, "Me neither." And then the bottom bit goes. He turns around, and talks, "Kids, we need to talk." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really good. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Really, really Excellent. good. But that's me. What about you? Do you have anything amusing for us? Um, I do. I do. So I'm going to go a little bit, uh, a little bit risque this week. So, um, yes. again, right. So my one reference is little Johnny, right? So um, there's a teacher in class and uh, she's standing at the front of the class and she goes, uh, if you could have any uh, material in the world class, what would it be? Put your hands up. So, Little Susie puts her hands up and she goes, yes, Susie, what would you have? She goes, well, I'd have a, um, I'd have a little pile of gold. So she goes, okay, Susie, why would you have gold? She goes, well, gold's worth quite a lot of money. So I could, uh, I could buy like a nice car with it, maybe a, uh, a Range Rover. 
So she goes, okay, Susie, very good. Anybody else? Little Mickey holds his hand up. She goes, yes, Mickey. He goes, well, I'd, I'd have platinum. So she goes, okay, Mickey, why would you have platinum? He goes, well, um, like what Susie said, but platinum's worth more money. So I could get myself maybe like a nice Aston Martin or something like that, like James Bond drive. She goes, oh, okay, very good, Mickey. Yeah. Anybody else? So little Johnny holds his hand up and she goes, oh, okay, Johnny, go on. So he goes, pubic air. So she goes, I'm, I'm sorry. She goes, pubic air. So she goes, Johnny, why, why would you want pubic hair? He goes, well, my sister's got a patch about this big and you should see the motors parked outside her house. <laughs> yes. Nothing risky about that, mate. That's a perfect joke. Well executed. <laughs> it's, it's the way that I tell them. <laughs> uh, I do like these little these little Johnny and Susie jokes. I've got one more name said that just reminded oh. me. Um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> one day... Little Johnny's mum's standing in the kitchen and Johnny walks in through the door early from school. Surprised, she looks and says, Um, out of curiosity, Johnny, why are you home early? She went, Oh, I wanted to come home and see the new puppy. <laughs> so, right. What makes you think we've got a new puppy? Well, I was listening in the other day to you and dad in the bedroom and he said, Do you want doggy? And you was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Some of them are great, aren't they? You've just reminded me of an old Mike Reed gag. I'll tell you later when we've come off recording because it's it's really inappropriate, <laughs> but on a similar thread. <laughs> I'll vet that. I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> Any, anybody wants to know, message us separately and I'll happily tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Well, Brilliant. good stuff. Well, it's me done. Yeah, yeah, I'm spent now. as well. I'm absolutely spent, so... Uh... All good, mate. We'll uh, we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and again, we're fast we'll approaching another... the end of season two. So uh, I know. Yeah. Are we going to end on? Uh, are we going to end on another um, another career? Or or do you think? I mean, just just spitballing, guys. Listen to us. You just chat away because we do this every now and again. Um, I think we know what the next next episode is going to be, don't we? Could discuss that. We do. Yeah. We just do we start? Do we start? I mean, I wonder whether we start off season three and we um, we do. A uh, different episode for a different career, and have a bit yeah. of a season three special. I think that would be really good. We'll, about it now. we'll definitely yeah. slot it into season three. I think what I'd love to do is, if there's anybody out there that listens to this that is is a member of the police force or the fire brigade or is a teacher or works in the NHS or any other specific career, please get in touch with us. You know, we'd love to to interview you and talk to you about it, um, and then you can feature on the podcast in a in a segment on it. Yeah, it'd be really really good. Yeah, good yeah. shout. Well, we'll talk about that offline, but yeah, that's a good, it's good. Excellent. Well, look, cheers for uh, putting up with me again for another episode. I presume that was to our listeners rather than me. Nope, that was to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was to everybody, I think. Yeah, mainly to you. Um, but have a good, uh, have a good rest of the week, and everybody out there listening, have a great rest of the week, and we will catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time. Catch you soon, everybody. You can get in touch at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or at Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at sedjournan or at onthemend on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you'd like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee 
The link can be found in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you soon.